0: Andrew, it's good to see you. How was your time in Japan? Awesome, awesome. You glad to be home? (laughs) Andrew was in Japan for about five weeks doing an ESL uh, practicum. So, he's newly married. Your wife missed you, but she made it through. It's good to see you. Hallelujah. Are you in in Isaiah 59? I want you to read with me verse 21. Now I'm reading out of the New King James. Verse 21, it says, As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My Spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. Why do we care about our youth? Because God says they're important to Him. Why do we care about our children? Because God says they're important to Him. So, I want to take a few minutes this morning and I just want to build an expectation in your heart for your kids and if you don't have kids yet, for your kids that you will have and for your kids' kids. Amen? God's interested in generations. He's interested in this generation, he's interested in the next generation, he's interested in the next generation, and when you read the scriptures, you find out that he's interested in it, keeping going, perpetual. He's not interested in stopping. And when you read this chapter, what I find amazing is when you read chapter 59, you find out that the people of Israel were in pretty rough shape. The, t- the whole chapter talks, or not the whole chapter, but there's segments in the chapter that talk about how their sins have separated them from God. And he says, your transgressions have separated. You know, when we sin, it causes us to have a separation from God. And Jesus came, and he's the one that caused that separation to be eliminated, and he's the one that made a way back to God. It wasn't anything we did, it was everything that Jesus did. And in this chapter, there's some messianic prophecies, and there's some pictures and some prophecy and words going and projecting in the future. And it's to the nation of Israel. But as you see in the New Testament, we are the Israel of God. We are the children of faith. And when you read the scriptures, you find out that the children of faith are the children of Abraham. And so you see the seed of Abraham coming through, and you see the promises of Abraham. And I find this amazing, how God looks at things and how God deals with situations we're in. In the middle of a description of a nation that had gone sideways, a nation that had turned their back on God, a nation that had ignored God. Does that sound like anything we hear now? Does that sound like a description of the world we live in now? Turned their backs from him. They said, God, I'm smart enough. I don't need you. God, don't talk to me about this. I saw a guy say, don't talk to me about God. Everybody can decide for themselves. Well, they can decide for themselves, but you better introduce them to the one they need to learn about. And I find it amazing that in the midst of a description of a nation that had gone sideways, a nation that had ignored God, a nation that had turned their backs on God, a nation that had transgressed, and they had all these things against them. In the middle of that, and this whole diatribe of all these issues and situations, in the middle of that, God looks at it and He says, But as for me... God says, you've all done that, but as for me, why do we care about our children? Because when God looks at it and He says, they may be doing this, life may be this, the nation may be here, children might be doing this, you might be doing this, you might be going here. He says, but as for me. Man, when I was a kid growing up, I have a lot of brothers. We didn't need to play with kids down the street. We had enough brothers to play with. But when we played games, if I beat one of my brothers or my brothers beat me, we would want to change the rules so that it came to our advantage. Have you ever, have you ever met somebody that's like, gee whiz, when I played them the last time, they didn't allow that. But this time they do. They change the rules. God does not change the rules. He looks at this in the nation of Israel who he called and who he called forth and who he separated to himself. The nation that he birthed and he called out from Abraham. The nation that he chose turned their back on him. They walked away from him. They were making their own decisions. That nation, he goes, you've done all that, but as for me. And I have, an ama- I have an amazing appreciation for God. Because it's like, whenever we make a mistake, it's like God is still there. <laughs> whenever I do something silly, whenever I do something that, doesn't, that defies common sense, and I do that on a regular basis, whenever I do things that just don't make sense, it's like I've gone and i turned and i walked around, and God is still there. He doesn't give up. He says, As for me. In the middle of all these things, God says, Listen, guys, as for me, this is my covenant. God's got a covenant. He doesn't have an agreement, He's got a covenant. He doesn't even have a contract. He's got a covenant. Covenant is stronger than contract. A contract is derived out of a covenant. But God has a covenant. And the covenant with God, I'm amazed when I see the covenant that God has. Because the covenant that God has is a covenant that He designed and He created and He initiated before man was even around. He didn't go to Abraham and said, Abraham, let's go to Timmy's and let's have a conversation because I've got some ideas that I'd like to throw your way. And maybe we can negotiate, you know. I'll say, I'll give you this, uh, and, and uh, you might say, well, Jesus, I can't do that, and God, I, I just can't figure that out, so instead of giving you everything, can I give you like, you know, like a third of what I am, and, and will that suffice? God, God just said, this is my covenant. <laughs> this is my covenant. A covenant is more than just a contract. We think of contract and when we think of contract it's I get this when you do that and if I scratch your back you'll scratch mine. A covenant is is like it's it's almost like an exchange of goods. God says but as for me, as for me, this is my covenant. And he's just expressed and explained the whole situation of the nation of Israel. And it's, what's amazing is God, through the Holy Spirit, breathed through this uh, man Isaiah. And Isaiah spoke the words of God. God knew what they were doing. Isaiah didn't write these words and say, this is the nation of Israel and what they're doing. Isaiah wrote through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God spoke through Isaiah. God saw the nation. I don't know about you, but when people don't do what I say, my first thought usually is not, well, as for me, this is my covenant. My first thought usually is, as for me, get out of here come on, can we be honest? How many times have I told you to do this? Even if it's once, that's more than enough. And God looks at that. God describes it. God sees what they did in the secret places. God, I mean, God knows where they were. He found Gideon in the Hiding from everybody. Nobody knew where Gideon was. He was hiding, but God knew where he was. You can't fool God. And he sees this nation, and he describes this nation, and then he goes, after he lays it all out, I mean, and he just says this, and about this, and your, separa- your sins have separated, your, your transgressions have done this. He says, but as for me, this is my covenant. He says, this is my covenant, the Spirit, my Spirit, which is upon you. I mean, sometimes we make covenants so complicated. Have you ever seen a contract that's like 16 pages, and it's got an addendums, and then it's got addendums on addendums? And it's got so many addendums, they actually call them addenda, which is plural. And they got this, and they got, an, they got an appendix, and then they've got a whole definition ahead of it, and then they got description of terms, and then they got clauses of this, and they got a subclause of a clause, and a sentence of a sentence, and a clause of a sentence. And I mean, it, it's complicated. One clause says you're allowed to breathe in, and the other clause says you can't do that around people. And one clause says you're allowed to help people, and the other clause says you're not allowed to help people because they might sue you. And one clause says this, and another clause says, I mean, if you sometimes, if you read contracts, it's like, gee whiz, I just got to stay at home because that's the only place I won't break the contract. He says his contract here in about 75 words. This as for me this is my covenant with you my spirit which is upon you Are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit His spirit is upon you That's a covenant That's covenantal language He says not only is my spirit upon you but he says but my words which I have put in your mouth We've been looking at being living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And as I read this, I was just amazed. God is interested, and God has already covenanted to have His Spirit upon you. He has gone, He has provided it without us even asking for it. Have you ever given something to somebody that they haven't even asked for? My words which I put in your mouth. And then listen to the extent of this contract. They're not going to depart from your mouth. I have an obligation. I have an obligation to speak his words. This is serious. You have an obligation to speak his words. If you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior and you said, Lord, it's not my will but your will, you know what? I have an obligation to speak his words. I have an obligation to speak his words to my wife. Not my words. But listen to the extent of this. He says, the words that I've put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants. He's made a contract. He's made a covenant, not a contract. He's made a covenant that he says, when you enact these things and you speak these words, they're going to go from your mouth. They're not going to depart from your mouth. They're going to be in your mouth. They're going to be in your life. They're going to be in the what you say and what you do. Not only that, but I have an assurance from these words that they're going to be in my children's mouth. Now let me ask you, what do children speak? Uh-huh. They speak what they hear. And You don't think so? You get a little child and you start talking to them. And then they show up around somebody else. Yeah. Sure, sure. And all of a sudden they say, "Huh, you're fat. And you go, where did that come from? Well, what do you think you said? If you want your children to speak words of the covenant, you speak the words of the covenant. And if you want, the best guarantee I can tell you is it will happen, more, the more chance it will happen is when you do it. So when you start speaking God's word, your children will start speaking God's word. And even better than that is your children's children will start speaking His word. And then when I read this, it says not only that, but then it's going to go on forevermore. (laughs) The last time I checked forever was a long, long, long time. Not one generation, not two generation, not three generation, not four generation, not 16 generation. Forevermore, the last time I checked, meant forever or as a kid would say when they're doing the dishes, do I have to do this forever? I mean, it's even better than that. Why do we care about our kids? Why do we care about our youth? Because I want to speak into the youth words of life. I want to speak into the youth words of the covenant because I want them to speak it to their children. And I want to see families strengthen, families grow strong. I want to see families come into the house of God. I want to see youth running up here when the music starts. And I saw one today. We started to sing a song and I saw a young person come forward. And I got excited. His covenant. I just love it. God says, you know what? In the midst of the chaos of life. In the midst of everything that happens in life. He stood up and he says, as for me. This is my covenant. My spirit will be upon you. And the words that I put inside you, they will not depart from your mouth. And you're going to have them in your children. And you're going to have them in your children's children. And you're going to have them forevermore. To me, that is the best recipe that I can find to raising children and being a man and a woman of God and a family of God is by living according to His covenant. Now I want to take three minutes because I want you to go to the next chapter because the next chapter is built on the previous chapter. And I'm going to read through this. It's 22 verses and I'm not going to take five minutes per verse. I probably won't even take one minute per verse. Everybody said hallelujah. But in the context Of a nation that had gone sideways in the context of people that had sinned and separated them from God. God says, as for me, this is my covenant. And then he goes on and he gives a picture of this glorious picture. He says, arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord, this is part of his covenant. I will emphasize as I speak. But the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Man, if I was sitting down, I might actually stand up and say, hallelujah. Lift up your eyes all around and see. This is His covenant. This is a part of the description of His covenant. This is an unfolding of the verses that we saw before. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. And your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Doesn't this get you excited? It's getting me excited. I've already read it a few times. Your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. <laughs> I caught a, my son caught a sturgeon the other week. The abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Oh, God's not into money. Oh, no, he's into a whole lot more. I mean, money to him is just like, oh well, it's a piece of paper. It's a little gold coin that's stamped. In fact, sometimes it's even... Copper, the multitudes of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephaph, all those from Sheba, shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall bring and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Neboth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. What an amazing picture. He says, but as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant. This is the way I see it. In fact, this is the way I will do it. Who are those who fly like a cloud and like doves to their roosts? Surely the coastland shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish shall come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them. Oh, hallelujah. To the name of the Lord your God and to the Holy One of Israel, because He has glorified you. I've got sons coming who are bringing money to my family. Eh, You don't believe it, I do. It's in the Word. The sons of foreigners shall build your walls and their kings shall minister to you. (laughs) You could say amen anytime. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I've had mercy on you. Therefore your gate shall be opened. Get a picture of this. Get a picture of this. Therefore, your gates shall be open continually. Can you imagine the house of God being open 24-7? Can you imagine people coming anytime and every time to get more of God? Whether it's in your house or whether it's a house of God. Some of this, I'm not 100% sure whether it's personal, whether it's uh, national. I don't care. It's in the word of God. And what's in the word of God, I want to read and I want to take. And the last time I checked, I'm a family man, but I'm also a man of God, and I'm in the house of God, so it's going to happen some way or another. Therefore, your gates shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day or night, that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles, and their kings in procession, and for the nation and kingdom which will not serve you shall perish. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. We got some trouble this week in Ottawa. The nations that do not serve my God are going to perish. Come on. We are such a conservative nation. Well, oh, we're quiet that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in processions. for the nation and kingdom which will not serve you shall perish, and those nations shall be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the pine, and the box tree together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. Also, the sons of those who afflicted you the sons of those who afflicted you, they're going to come and they're going to bow to you. And all those who despised you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet. And they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah. You might bug me now. You might curse, curse me. You might try to persecute me. But your kids are going to come and they're going to bow down. Tell that to your enemy. Whereas you've been forsaken and hated so that no one went through you, I will make you an eternal excellence. I'm going to make you eternal excellence. A joy of many generations. You shall drink the milk of the Gentiles and milk the breasts of kings. You... You shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I'm going to bring you gold. Man, I like that. And instead of iron, I'm going to bring you silver. Instead of wood, bronze. And instead of stones, iron. I will also make your officers peace and your magistrates righteousness. By the way, I just find this amazing. He says, instead of wood, I'm going to give you bronze. But before that, he said, instead of bronze, I'm going to bring you gold. Now, I get a little greedy, and I did the math. <laughs> and I said, okay, God, you're going to give me gold, bronze instead of the wood. But it also says, instead of bronze, when they give me bronze, you're going to give me gold. I'm in for gold and silver. You need to take this home. You need to read it. And you need to walk around and you need to declare it into some of your houses. You need to walk into a bedroom and you need to declare this. You need to speak this over your kids. You need to declare this over your finances. You need to look at your business and you say, you know what, my business is going to prosper. They're going to give me uh, bronze and it's going to give be gold because God's going to turn it into gold. Somebody thinks they're just going to give me a piece of wood and it's going to be bronze. And I God turns bronze into gold. They think they're going to give me something lug- ugly it's going to be turned to silver. Start declaring God. Man, I get excited reading his word if you haven't noticed. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation. This is a wall of salvation. That's a wall of salvation. And your gates praise. Come on, let's get our praise on. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give, you, give light to you, but the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. He lights up my life. And the days of your morning shall be ended, also your sh- people Shall all be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. Don't tell me you're weak, and if you tell me you're weak, God's going to make you strong. I love his covenant, his language. He says, as for me, this is my covenant. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Why do we care about our kids? Because I want them to experience everything that's in here. I don't want my kids dealing with wood, sticks, and clay I want them handling gold, silver. And if they handle bronze, I'm expecting it to turn to gold. Why do we care about our kids? Because God says, as for me, this is my covenant. And His covenant includes this generation, the next generation, and the next one after that. And then He goes, and beyond that, He says, evermore. I'm expecting when people look at the family tree of David and Winona Stunenberg, they're going to see that every single one of my descendants is in the house of God declaring God's word and is a believer and is doing exploits for my God. Not only that, but they've already seen it because it's in Pastor Nelson's family tree and it's in my parents' family tree. I expect the word of God to be in my kid's life and in my life, my kid's lives and my kid's kid's life and my kid's 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 life and my kid's 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 life and forevermore. So when they went to regen, they just didn't go to a conference Friday night. They went somewhere where God's word was put in their heart. I was talking to Daniel just a couple last night and I said, what impressed you? He said, you know what? There was a guy, he called out this fellow from the crowd. He says, he's in the crowd. And he calls out and he says, there's been a guy that was injured three years ago. Was it a sore back, Daniel? A disc in the back. He didn't know. I want my kids to experience that. Because I want them standing up here saying, I believe there's somebody here who's hurt, who's sore, who's sick. They experienced that Friday night. He says, that blew me away. How did he know? God. Last week, Charlene had a word for frozen elbow. How's your elbows been? Have they been good? She had two elbows that were frozen that were giving her trouble. While we prayed for you, God healed you. Amen. Cora, she might be in the Sunday school class. She talked to me. She's at the back. There you are. You had troubles with your teeth, your jaw. And given her pain, so much pain that she was used to it and it was just a pain. She says after Sunday, all of a sudden she realized the pain was gone. That's That's what I want my kids to see. That's what I want my kids to see. Because that's His covenant. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant. Man, I want His covenant. We've been doing a study. We've been going through under the influence, and we were going to get back to there, and I've got a bunch of stuff to do in there, and I I believe God's going to do some amazing things. We're going to get an awareness of the Holy Spirit and His activity in our life and in our neighborhood in a greater way. And part of that is understanding His covenant. Part of that is understanding that His Spirit is upon you, it's in you, it fills you, it's around you. It's literally—I believe—it is literally the air that you breathe is the breath of God. <laughs> like, <sighs> I just breathed in the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can't miss Him. <laughs> But as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant. Man, if there's any covenant I want to read, it's his. Hallelujah. Um, That's it. I don't have six points. I don't have 28 reasons and this and that. I want to just pray for you. I want to pray for you. Because God does something. He He does something crazy inside of me, like not just Saturday night and Friday when I'm preparing and stuff like that. He does it throughout the week. And it's fun. (laughs) It's fun to read the Word of God and it's like, wow, that jumped out on the page and slapped me across the face. It's like, where did that come from? And it causes me to do something. It causes me to look at situations differently. It causes me to get a desire, a passion. It causes me to have a hunger for people. And I know there's some of you already experiencing that. But I'm asking God, I don't want you just to come here Sunday and spend two hours with us and go home. I want you to come here Sunday, celebrate with us, and then do mighty exploits the other six days of the week. And that's found in His covenant. That's understanding this is my covenant. So I want to pray for you. I want to ask God just to knock you crazy. I, I want him just to make you like silly. Anybody want to receive anything like that? If you do, just raise your hands. Just so I can identify so when I pray and I might even spray some of you who don't have your hands raised. <laughs> Heavenly Father, oh God, would you captivate us? Would we see your covenant in the Word? Mm. Holy Spirit, Lord, would we read your Word and see your covenant And look at how you look at situations and just say what your word says I want. Lord, I ask for everybody here. Those that have identified and raised their hands and said, I want the Holy Spirit not just to touch me Sunday morning. But you know what? I could use it seven days a week. I could probably use it 24 hours a day. Lord, I'm asking that you would pour it out. I know you're with them. I know you're around them. I know you're in them. But God, I'd ask you just to pour it out even more. Make it alive in them. Give them a crazy week. Let us wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What's on your agenda today? Lord, I just pray a blessing. Lord, I ask when they rise up that you would bless them, when they sit down that you would bless them, when they go out that you would bless them, when they come in that you would bless them, that your blessings would overtake your children this week. In your precious name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a crazy week. Yes, if you need prayer, if anybody needs prayer, sickness, illness, or anything else, feel free to come forward. We have a few people that are here to pray.